Want to beat the burnout and find out what it really takes to boost your mojo? Welcome to the Mojo Show. Join Kyle Hargreaves and David Elko, a couple of guys that used to be fit, then got fat, but managed to get fit again. They're on a mission to cut through all of the BS from the world of health, fitness, and self-help, and share their knowledge and experience as coaches to help you consistently look good, feel great, and be at your best. Ah, oh, here we go. We're on. Brilliant. Fantastic. Do you know what's really amusing, Kyle? Hi, guys. Welcome to the Mojo Show. You are here live with myself, David Elker, and Kyle Hargreaves. Um, Hello. Well, live. You'll be everyone know we're live and they're listening to the recording. Um, <clears throat> what was it really... was live. It was live at the time it was recorded. Exactly. It's a live recording. Well done. <laughs> um, when when you push recording, for some reason, Kyle, because I'm, I'm just before we went on, guys, I'm, I'm using a different tablet. My phone's not working. Well, Skype on my phone's not working. And yeah. is it made out of stone? Yeah. Honestly, honestly, honest to fucking god, I'd like a Flintstones phone. <laughs> It would actually potentially have at least a function, at least I could club people with it when they get on my nerves. Um, type, anyway. yeah, type in a text message with a chisel and a hammer. Yes. <laughs> We'd probably still be more functional than my mobile device, if I'm completely honest. So I'm using a, an old tablet, but it's like really old, a um, bit slow. Glad Skype still is on it, basically. Um, but uh, that, that, to be fair, to be fair, your audio quality is the best it's been in a long time. Yeah, the thing is, though, right, it's, it's old because it's an old version of Android. It's like Android 4. That's how old this tablet is. I haven't used it. But the camera and the audio, like, I've, I've used other stuff to, like, video stuff for some work on this. And the camera and audio, excuse me, it's fucking amazing. It's like, seriously, this tech's, like, almost six years old. But <laughs> it's like the camera and the, it's like, why? It's like, if I could take this. And get my Android operating system, because my Android's like 10 point something or whatever the most recent one is, and put it in this tablet, it'd be fucking phenomenal. <laughs> but apparently not. <sighs> Damn it. But anyway, is what it is. We're on live. So, um, what are we talking about tonight, Kyle? Bit of a buzz topic at the minute. We're going to talk a little bit about gut health and how it affects mood. Mm-hmm. Um, the whole... Uh, microbiome thing is 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 kind of a is is a is kind of a big deal in the whole health industry at the moment and not maybe not just about how it affects the mood but how it actually impacts health in general um so not just your mental health but also your phys- physical health you know a lot of, a lot of conditions now are being or are starting to be linked back to the condition of your gut, your microbiome, the, the levels of bacteria in your gut and things like that. So, yeah, it's just quite an interesting topic. Um, I, thought, I, thought, so I thought it'd be an interesting one to talk about because it's one that I think is a bit misunderstood. It's also one that's um, quite new in terms of the scientific and the science behind it there's a lot of work being done at the moment there's still our understanding of it is relatively low Um, so yeah i just thought it'd be uh, an interesting one to kind of unpack and chat about okay so first off uh, before we get into that and actually be serious i'm going to make an amusing comment because when you said about it being a big deal do you know what went through my head kyle anchorman it's like gut health. It's like it's going to everything else in the fitness industry. I don't know if you know this about me, but I'm kind of a big dick. <laughs> Here we go. So gut health is the anchorman. It's the Ron Burgundy of the, 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 the well-being and fitness industry. 
It's a big deal. Sits there <laughs> kissing his guns after doing a thousand reps <laughs> of his dumbbells. Yeah. I don't know if you noticed. I'm just working my uvulus muscle. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, so why is it such a big, big deal, Kyle? Like, you know, what's the, what's the buzz about it? Why is everyone like, oh, gut health, gut health, gut health? <laughs> I think a lot of it comes down to the fact that we're starting to wake up to the, the realisation that it plays such an essential part in a lot of your body systems, including your brain, you know? Um, we've always thought of the, the brain is the governor organ, essentially, right? We all, I think we all accept that. It is at the, it is at the, 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 top of the, the top of the castle, you know, it is the king of the castle. But it's actually affected a lot by the gut, you know? So yeah. your, your gut can actually overwrite your brain in a lot of ways. So aside from that aspect, there's also a lot of things like um, IBS, Crohn's, thyroid problems, even links to diabetes and things like that now are being linked back to um, the condition of your gut and, uh, you know, back, harmful bacteria or overgrowth, parasites and things like that. You know, it's, it's starting to be something that's being understood a lot especially over like if you look at how we've been living over the last 50 years or so in terms not just food obviously food quality has gone downhill significantly in terms of um, its nutrient value and whatever else but also the levels of pesticides and um, rodenticides and fungicides and things like that that all right they do kill bad bacteria but they also kill the, the good bacteria which fend off a lot of the bad stuff so there's a lot of issues with diet there's things like antibiotics which are like the go-to thing for most medical problems these days which you know they're, they're starting to understand that there's a lot of these physical conditions are linking back to the condition of the gut and the imbalances there and also yeah. things like the prevalence um, if we're looking at it from the mental health side of things which kind of what we were going to focus on um yeah. things like um Asperger's, uh, things like anxiety, um, ADHD, all of the, all, all of these different conditions linked to the that are what have all been kind of thought of as conditions just linked to the brain, yeah. are also being linked back to the gut. Whether it be like or Asperger's is a bit of a different one because that's that is obviously that is a that's a neurological uh, defect as well. Yeah. I think, it, yeah. Yeah, it is a neurological defect, but they're linking that back through kind of generationally through the condition of the parents, but the health and of the parents. Yeah, so, so the, the, the impact the gut then has on that. I say defect, I apologise like, to anyone that is like not neurotypical. That's a shite choice. By the way, I've got a kid who's actually got that, so that was a really shit choice of words. Um, it's a neurological difference. That's all I should say. Sorry. As I just caught that word, I was like, nah, we're stupid. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. Sounds fucking horrible. No, it is. It's a, it's a neurological difference. And yeah, no, I get where you're coming from with the gut health. That's, it's really interesting, like, you know, and it, like the, 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 the link that this has, and especially, you know, the evolutionary link as well. I find that fascinating that, you know, this has evolved and changed over time and potentially not in a good way. Hmm. Yeah, there's a, again, there's a lot, lot, lot of factors that we've spoken about. Other things as well, like um, the prevalence of caesareans and things like that as well. Um, that affects your basically when you're born as you're as you're passing through 
you're exposed yeah. to the, the mother's bacteria, which then actually starts colonizing and populating your gut. But if you got if you're born via cesarean, yeah, you're not getting that. So you're actually missing out on, on a lot of bacteria. And there's actually a link now that they've discovered that links that to a lot of cases of anxiety and stuff like that, because a lot of anxiety can be linked back to the condition of the gut. And they're finding that a lot of people that suffer with that, um, although they are finding a causal link between that and cesarean birth because they're not getting certain types of bacteria which are fundamental to hormone production and various other things that, you know, can, that chemically affect the brain. So, you know, there's, there's all kinds of factors at play. And, and, yeah. and, this, and this is not about demonizing specific procedures obviously <laughs> some things some things have to be done you know if they don't if thanks, it doesn't happen thanks for adding that caveat Kyle. i just had visions of all these like ladies or even parents just going oh shit my kids are born by c-section oh god what's going to happen to them like guys honestly i've got four of them all born by c-section it wasn't via choice you know that he jamie didn't have a choice basically uh, it happens and like kyle said it's about prioritization at the time can you imagine? I know I'm gonna still give birth vaginally. It's not. I'm not having a C-section because I want it to absorb the bacteria so I can prevent anxiety. And the fucking the surgeon's like, it's stuck in your vagina. It's not coming out. You will both die. He's <laughs> like, no, I want my bacteria. Fuck off. <laughs> but, but this is something now that, but because it's becoming more um, more better understood, that there are ways that. Because for a long time that that was missed, right? It wasn't yeah. even something yeah. that was on anybody's radar. But now there's an understanding around that. There's, way, there, there's ways where they can transfer the bacteria after the baby's born, you know, so the baby can still be exposed to it. And you know, they're, they're, these things are things that are starting to become um, more of the mainstream, so to speak. So it's not necessarily that it's going to be a problem forever. It's not, they say, it's not the procedure itself that's inherently the problem. It's the lack of understanding around it that we're now starting, but we're starting to get that understanding so that we can actually make those changes. That makes sense. Yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. So, you know, obviously, like you say, there's, there's a lot more understanding. I personally cannot wait until my kids are 18 so I can tell them that, you know, when they were born, straight after they are born because they didn't come out the natural way, they, they got bathed in their mother's bacteria and just wait and watch the look of disgust on their 18-year-old faces. Um, <laughs> but it, obviously, it's, 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 it's this massive, massive topic, and there is so much that goes on. You know, so for the sort of people that are, that, you know, listening to podcasts like us, men or ladies, okay, you know, they've got stress, they might have kids, they might have busy lives, you know. Um, what are the, the big key takeaways that you always want to get across to? I know, like, one of my first ones about looking after gut health, but... Um, obviously, especially with the mental health things, you know, serotonin, the happy hormone, 95% of it is produced in the gut. <laughs> it's, actually, yeah, it's actually produced by a good bacteria. It's in the gut. Actually, yeah. yeah. So if I you kill say, that good bacteria off, there's nothing yeah. to produce it. So, you know, you've bombarded yourself with antibiotics, you're stressing yourself out, your nutrition shit, your hydration shit, um, shit, 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 you know, and funny enough, you build up a lot of shit. <laughs> physically as well all right but you, you destroy serotonin it's a happy hormone it's the body's natural happy hormone all right so you, you know you're destroying the things that create it well what happens and the way that the body works it's a, it's a simple like it's just like a seesaw if the happy hormone goes down you know your stress hormone cortisol goes up a little bit of it's not bad you need a little bit of it to start your adrenaline off 
you know, when you're exercising or when you're in fight or flight, literally like proper fight or flight, <laughs> you know, you need a little bit. But too much cortisol is a bad thing. It, it switches parts of your brain off. OK, it inhibits your digestive system even more. OK, it stops muscles working properly. It increases inflammation in the body. Um, oh, God, the links between like, you know, gut bacteria, like you mentioned, IBS as well. You know, and I'm going to go I'm, I'm going to say bowel disease. I'm going to group and it's a really generalization. I know. IBS, you know, ulcerative colitis, Crohn's, all of the similar bowel conditions that then leads to some kind of reactive or inflammatory arthritis is insane. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely crazy, the links between them. You know, you can almost literally, kind of like the timeline for the generational stuff, you can trace a person's timeline and go, oh, you stop looking after yourself, it's built up. Oh, you've got IBS. Oh, okay, and you've now got some kind of inflammatory arthritis. Right. It, just, just, Better choices. It's a simple better choice. You know, some, some of the uh, the good bacteria that I'm sure Kyle's going to mention. What about you, mate? What what sort of choices would you want to? What big things do you want to sort of understand? Oh. Don't know what happened there. Did you move something? Nope, I uh. moved nothing. I, I was actually I might have done. I was gesticulating. You know what I get like when uh. I get on my horse. Uh, like my hands were full on going, full flappy. <laughs> that must be it. That must be why it sounded like the, the microphone was being bashed about. <laughs> it's in the wind tunnel of my hand flap. <laughs> anyway, what would you want to get across now you've finished being horrible to me, Kyle? Um, it, I, th- I think it's just reiterating what you've said. Um, a lot of it is 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 diet and hydration. They're, they're two of the big ones to, fundamentally to start with. Um if you're eating crap and especially lots of refined processed sugary stuff that feeds the bad bacteria or, or, or the, that can help, that can Sorry. aid it in, or that can create kind of a perfect environment for it to get out of control. So you want yeah. to make sure that you're, you know, that you're eating well, lots of fre- fresh veg and stuff like that. Organic is always better if you can get it. Um, if it's available, you know, all of that stuff, all stuff that we've spoken about before, um, hydration, managing your stress, because like you, like you said, higher levels of stress increase your stress hormones, cortisol. It also it makes the body more acidic, which is actually more of a favourable environment for the nasty bugs and the and potential parasites and yeast infections and things like that. Um, so, yeah, that that they're big takeaways. Also, thinking about your environment as well. Yeah, because um, there's a lot of there's a lot of environmental toxins and con- and contaminants that actually that a lot of things that you wouldn't necessarily think about but there's, a, but there's kind of a fine line right because part of the problem is that we've become ultra sterile in a lot of ways um, we don't have the exposure that we would have had to everyday bugs that are around the place because we're generally we overclean everything we kill everything with chemicals so we don't get that immune exposure to it. So that, unfortunately, that means we are more susceptible to bugs getting in because we can't fight them as effectively. Mm-hmm. So that, that there is that side of it. So it's important that we kind of keep things clean. But there's also a lot of things that we don't necessarily think about, like air pollution, like um, pollution being thrown up from carpets, dust in the air, um, Mold, mold's a big one, especially mold spores. Um, I was listening to an interesting podcast um, 
actually, I recommend it, guys, if this is a, a subject that you're interested in. Um, Dr. Michael Ruscio, uh, what's he called? He's the author of a book called Healthy Gut, Healthy You. Uh, and he's basically a specialist on on this on this topic, really. Um, they, an interesting podcast. They were talking about mold spores and how actually not only do the spores... They, they, these spores, when you when you get rid of the mold from the wall, they get into the wall, but they can actually travel through most building materials. So they're constantly getting through into the air, but they they can actually chemically alter your DNA. So the spores get into your system, and they actually alter your physiology to suit them. You know, they're, they're they're parasites. So you know things like mold. Make sure that there isn't you're not living in a moldy environment, and you get rid of it properly so you know those kinds of things um so there's food stress on the mold as well with asthma mate there's a, quite a high prevalence with that one as well that's quite an interesting one so not just gut but respiratory as well mm-hmm. and the impact it has on that so that's cool go on sorry what were you saying Carl? apologies i rudely interrupted yeah no, i was just i was just catching my train of thoughts i'm thinking what, what we've we've said so we've talked about briefly about food and hydration and stress um yeah so i think a lot of it is just being more aware of what you're putting in um because because there, there are things that you can do to um help repopulate your gut and but it can be a bit of a bitch of a process as well so it depends okay, on the level so what, what is that process kyle and you know the levels that you can go to well if we're looking at extreme cases right so say say someone's got like a parasite infection or a, or a severe yeast infection or they've got um you know quite severe SIBO which is small intestinal bacterial overgrowth then there'll be things like elimination protocols so you'd be on a highly restrictive diet because basically what you need to do is you need to starve out the bad bacteria and you need to starve out the parasites and the fungus and anything else because the more you feed it and they love, unfortunately, they eat a lot of the things that we eat and the more we feed them, the more they become prevalent. And some of these these parasites and bacteria, they, they, they basically bore their way into your gut and through your intestines and... Nice. They can be, yeah, and they can be the cause of things like chronic inflammation and leaky gut syndrome and all of these things that they create that create the food sensitivities or the nasty symptoms, the skin problems, the sleep problems, the, the digestive issues. And aside from that, they're also stealing the nutrients that you're eating from that you're trying to get for yourself from your food so then all of a sudden you're starting to get mineral deficiencies and things like that it's like hang on a minute well surely i'm getting enough of this because i'm eating such and such it's not the problem is that you've got these parasites that are living in your gut that are actually leaching it all out of you so there's all so there's so there's all these things going on right so the the first phase really is it's well, if you can get tested, if you can find a, a medical professional or somebody that can actually test for, to find out what you've got. Yeah. Oh, are you gesticulating again? No, I've just removed the um, iPad. Sorry. That's all right. Um, yeah, so if, if you can find a trained professional who can help you identify what you've actually got, because, again, this is, this is part of the current problem that we have is that most of the bugs 
when you do like in um, <laughs> testing for, for infections or bacterial infections and things like that, they're only testing for, for specific things. And there's a whole broad spectrum, 90%. Well, I don't know what the actual figure is. I'll just threw that out there, I'll be honest. But there is a massive percentage uh, yeah. of these bugs that are not being tested for. So you could, have, you could be on treatment for something and it not have any effect because the actual root cause of the problem is not being identified. So you need to establish if you've got a, a bacterial infection or a yeast infection or a parasite or something like that. So you need to find a trained professional who can help you find that. But once you've done that, once, you've, once you know what you're actually trying to do, then it is phase one is starve it out. And that does unfortunately mean a pretty horrible restrictive diet, at least for the initial period of time, um, which is not too dissimilar to an elimination diet. So cutting out things like sugar, dairy, wheat, um, anything processed uh, or anything refined. Um, they usually look at um, FODMAPs as well, so which makes it a real yeah. challenge because a lot of fruits and things that you would consider and, and vegetables, root vegetables and things like that, things that you would normally consider to be part of a healthy diet that you would probably go to, oh, if I'm on elimination, this is easy because I can eat fruit, all the fruit and stuff I like. Well, yeah, a lot of that you can't touch because the sugars feed the feed the parasites and the bugs and the bacteria so it, it would be a very uh, cutting grains um even nuts and seeds which makes it even more difficult because because a lot of nuts if you've got a fungal infection nuts uh like fungal superhouses, you know they're full of all sorts of things they're fine if you've got a good <laughs> a good up. just bear in mind what you're with your nuts are fungal superhouses. <laughs> Ah, okay, if you've got a good balance, yep. Um, in all fairness, though, if you've got a fungal infection, your nuts <laughs> are fungal superhouses. <laughs> yes, they are. There we go, guys. And that is one way you can spread it, unfortunately. Oh. <laughs> spread the fungus. Please don't. That's gross. So, yeah, right. So, you know, getting rid of nuts, okay? Yeah, anything inflammatory as well, anything that might that you might have an intolerance to. So again, if you, you're going to need to work with someone who's kind of a specialist in this area who can help you um, identify the things that you need to avoid and the foods that you should have. Um, so initially, it'd be fairly restrictive. In the most extreme cases, and you're probably looking at some sort of rotation diet where you can only eat maybe three or four, four foods a day, and then you're not allowed to eat any of those foods again for the next few days. So you're basically getting more different types of foods in your system, but not all, but you're limiting the amount of different foods that your body has to deal with at any given time. Because the more different food types that you have, the more stress it puts on your digest, digestive system, basically. So by simplifying your diet, so for example, if you're only allowed one protein source a day, so say it's chicken, and then you're only allowed two or three different types of vegetables as opposed to having four different protein types in a day. So you might have your eggs for breakfast, you might have chicken for lunch, then beef for dinner, and then maybe a protein bar or something like that in a day. All those different types of foods make your body have to work harder, which elevate the stress levels. And if you've already got a stressed out system and a stressed out gut that's already damage that needs to heal then it slows the process down um so yeah that's kind of a a, a restrict like a, an initial restrictive thing and then it'd be a case of topping up with certain 
maybe certain herbs and things that like, I know a lot of a lot of bugs don't like spices, which is interesting actually, because I was doing some reading on this, and that's one of the reasons why certain regions, um, especially like in hotter regions, they like their hotter foods with hot hotter spices. It's an instinctive thing because a lot of the bugs can't tolerate spice; it kills them. So if you think like, they, well, I don't know if it burns them, but it, but they're, but yeah. <laughs> But yeah, but that's why things like curries were kind of prevalent in India because they're more likely to be exposed to harmful bacteria. The spices and actually help kill the bacteria. So there you go. Ah, uh, the Indian takeaway got no. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, the first stage is really kind of a diet overhaul, basically to yeah. give your gut a chance. Um, yeah you starve out the bugs and try and neutralize it then you've got to try and repopulate with the good stuff so then you're looking at making further changes to your diet by getting more prebiotic stuff so you'd be reintroducing certain certain vegetables that you might not have had when you're on the initial phase like um, root vegetables because they're high in starches and sugars which the bugs love you've got to kill them first but then you've also got to feed the good bacteria so you've got to start reintroducing things back in Um, okay so, yeah, so then there'll be further tweaks that way. Um, and it's just a case of gradually testing over time to see how you react with it. Like, like a normal elimination diet we talk about, you know, you, you're testing things to see if you have any re- adverse reactions. So whether they're um, physical, psychological, um, energy, mood, whatever, right? You're, you're constantly testing to see if you have any negative effects and, that's basically it. And obviously clearing your environment as well, making sure that, um, yeah. you know, you keep the house clean or, or relatively clean. You're not, you're, you're trying to avoid using any like harsh chemicals, anything that can affect, like, cause even things like soap, right? Because your microbiome is not just that it's not just about the bugs in your gut. It's also about the bugs on your skin. It's about yeah. the bugs in your mouth. You know, it goes all the it's your whole body, right? And if you're using like soap, like soap's a prime example, right? We use soap all the time for, for that purpose because it kills bugs, but it also kills the good bugs. Now, at the moment, we need to be kind of vigilant on our hand washing because of COVID. So, you know, if it, you I'm not going to turn around and say don't use soap because we need to be sensible, but you do need to think about like the chemicals that you're using in your house because at the end of the day right if you're spraying chemicals that are designed to kill things bugs or not then whether you're using it on your kitchen counter or whatever right it's you're still going to get into your system so you have to think about the types of products and chemicals that you're using because that's going to have an effect um so but you know those are things to consider um harsh cleaning products and whatnot um antibiotics as well we mentioned them at the beginning obviously if you've got an infection that needs to be dealt with again it's that whole prioritization thing isn't it but if you're taking if you do end up on a course of antibiotics and most of us have had them at some stage i mean that's part of what we said they're they're like the go-to thing unfortunately because of the lack of understanding we haven't taken the time to repopulate our our guts afterwards so you know you need to think about the pro the protocol where if you come off antibiotics at any stage or even during because there are probiotics you can get to take while you're on them um 
things like probiotic supplements um, or, or fermented foods and things like that can be good. They're usually kind of after the initial phase, depending on how severe the infection is. So you wouldn't necessarily want to take the like the the probiotics while you're on the initial elimination phase because that can have that can be detrimental again depends on the severity of the case and whatnot yeah but but these are kind of general things you know but generally speaking right if you're it's it's, it's all lifestyle isn't it it's all stuff yeah. that we've spoken about before it's about improving yeah. not just improving the type of food you're eating but also where that food's coming from yeah um, reducing your exposure to potentially harmful chemicals and, and environmental toxins, keeping yourself hydrated so that your body's constantly flushing things through, um, and managing your stress. Because you know, aside from like, because we haven't really, we, 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 to be honest, we haven't even touched on the mental health and stress side of it, which is kind of what we were no. initially going to talk about. This, this is a thing, right? This topic's huge. It's not something yeah. that you can comprehensively cover in a half an hour conversation this is something that's no. a huge topic but if you think in terms of anxiety and mental health right we, we talked a bit about the serotonin connection right but what the other thing as well is that if we look at anxiety now anxiety is something that's often thought of as like it's, it's, there's a stigma to it, isn't it? You know, it's it's one of those things that nobody wants to have it. That it's it's something that people often feel ashamed of if they if they experience it or they find, feel like it's some kind of weakness or whatnot, right? But if we if we can get rid of that belief and put that and just park that to one side for a minute and look at anxiety from a more objective perspective, right? Anxiety is actually a resource. There are times when you need to be anxious because it's essential to your survival. Yep. You know? So if you're facing down that saber-toothed tiger, if you don't feel a little bit of anxiety, then there, there, is, <laughs> there is probably going to be an issue, a survival issue there, right? Yep. So if we link it back to your gut, and if you think of it this way, right, if you get an infection and your body's trying to fight off some sort of harmful parasite virus or whatever, yeah. Okay. Go on. It's quite often that you might find that, like you say, the serotonin production is going to go down for a start because of redeployment of resources and whatnot. But also that anxiety thing. If you've got a virus, well, generally, how do you, how do you feel when you've got a virus? You kind of just want to stay in bed and be sort of left alone, don't you? Meh. Yeah, you don't want to do anything. You want to be as inactive as possible because you feel like crap. You feel miserable. You don't want anybody around you after time. From a from a from a biological evolutionary perspective, what your body's doing is containing that virus. So that anxiety yeah. is not, it's not just protecting you. It's not just keeping you still to help you recover because you need because your body needs to prioritize the resources and the more inactive you are the easier it is for your body to fend off the infection yeah it's also protect it's also protecting the, the herd yeah it's not transmitting it all right if you're if you're locked up away in bed and keeping away from everybody else you're less likely to spread it on so you know in that in that case anxiety whether it whether you recognize it as anxiety or not is being a resource yeah, you know, if you're going into a stressful situation and you're feeling anxiety about it, well, that's your body telling you that there is a potential threat there and you need to take it seriously. Yeah, 
it's being a resource. There are times when it, it that resource is then taken out of context and it's not helpful, but it's still a resource, you know. For so sure. it's not inherently yeah. bad. And yeah, there was an interesting. Um, what was the book? What was it called? It was called. I think it's the Mind Gut Connection. Um, Emron, Dr. Emron Mayer. And he talks okay. about this. And we, we mentioned earlier about this um, generational thing, right? Where certain conditions and anxiety can actually be linked to um, the gut from previous generations. So well, the working theory is that the more, the more you experience anxiety and the more that your stress hormones elevate, the more acidic your system becomes, then the more of, more of an impact it has on your microbiome, the more it changes the gut flora. So you get this physiological change in the system. Well, that change then gets passed down to the next generation. So actually, this is where things like anxieties can become hereditary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah because, because you inherit your parents' microbiome. Essentially, you inherit the gut profile. Yeah. So, but they did this study on, um, on chickens where they basically separated generations of chicks and they got them to a point where they didn't know what, where, what a fox was. So they, they, it was like a couple of generations in so that when they were exposed to, fox, exposed to like the aroma of a fox, they didn't recognise it. They didn't know what it was. So then what they would do is they would then do like, they, they then did like a Pavlov, Pavlov dog test. So what yeah. they would do then was they would they would they would release the fox pheromones, but then they would do something to frighten the chickens. It's a bit of a cruel experiment, but 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 they condition it to the point where they didn't actually have to do anything other than release the pheromone anymore, so that then the chickens would automatically have the stress reaction based on the pheromone. Okay, yeah. Then what they did so- was they took the next generation of chicks. And expose them to the pheromone without the stim- without the other stimulus, and they were exerting the same stress response that the, the mother chicken had. Wow! So there's like a, a neurobiological connection. It doesn't. It doesn't. Ju- like you said there, but earlier on, mate, it re- it actually rewrites. Bleh. Like mold, it rewrites, rewrites the DNA. Yeah, that's it. Thank you, Kyle. Much appreciated. <laughs> I'm just gonna go and punch myself in the head. Yeah, it rewrites the DNA. That's amazing. That's phenomenal. Scary as well, but phenomenal. By the way, that's not the ho- most horrible scientific experiment I've ever heard of. Uh, <laughs> no, no, it's not. You know, in the grand scheme, but I mean, of genuine. Things, but... so, no, not, I mean, genuine, like, horrible though. Like, um. I don't imagine horrible. I mean, genuine scientific experiment, not just people experimenting on people because they're sick. Um, yeah. There was one study about compressive forces in the spine, and they needed a test subject. And they basically, this was somewhere in age, I can't remember exactly, but they basically fired 100 monkeys out of a cannon into the ground. Oh. <clears throat> Pardon? Yeah, that, that must have sucked for the monkeys. <laughs> don't. Yeah, anyway. So, yeah, all in the name of science and progress. Um, so that's mad, mate. That, 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 that impact that it can have on DNA when, like you say, if they deconditioned, you know, those chickens to not be afraid or not know what a fox is so they don't have that standard evolutionary response, you know, 
it can literally change you know your whole biology and neurology and psychology that is phenomenal guys that is the power of this stuff I suppose that's evolution as well, isn't it? That's how it works at the end of the day. Yeah, Yeah. survival of the species. You pass on the things you need for the species to survive. Yeah. Um, Like Kyle said, guys, I mean, we could fill gajillion podcasts on this stuff. Um, I think there's there's loads in there, Kyle. Have you got anything else you wanted to add, mate? Or (laughs) just constant time? Yeah. Yeah. No, the only thing I would add is that you don't like. It can seem quite scary, and I, there is. I'm sure. I'm sure some people could listen to this and and automatically go, "Oh crap! What have I done?" And "Oh crap! My kids!" Or "Oh my parents!" But you can flip it on its head, right? We've been living in ignorance for however long, but we're now in a position where we're actually starting to understand this sort of stuff. So we're now in a position where we've got more power to actually work it to our advantage. So. Yeah. If this is something that, you know, you're interested in and, you know, you want to take more seriously, then, then just do your research and, yeah. and and just start making the changes because there's there's all sorts of, I mean, a lot of the evidence is anecdotal because the research still hasn't been done. But there's all sorts of um, anecdotal evidence of things like diseases being reversed just by taking steps to look after the the gut properly by making lifestyle changes and all of these kinds of things so you know it it, it can seem like a scary and overwhelming thing Um, and you know there is a lot of conflicting information out there unfortunately because because it is still early stages it's 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 almost like a new frontier in in medical science at this stage so you know there's you're gonna have to be patient and do you like we say do you do Due diligence. Due oh, diligence. Due diligence. Yep. There we go. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> but you can see it as a pos- positive thing because because our understanding is is increasing. We know that simple steps, the li- li- little things, have a big impact. So yep. being more conscious of what you're feeding yourselves and being more conscious of what you're using in your house and what you're exposing yourself to and all these things, you know, have it, just having that little bit of knowledge alone can go a long way towards improving your health and the next generation's health and so on, you know? So I would say, look at, look at it as a positive thing, like learn from, from mistakes, not just your own, but other people's because we're all doing it and, you know, move forward with it. Amen. That's, that's a nice one, Carl. I like it. Good place to end. Um, I have not got anything further to add, mate. Have you? No, no. I'm, um, I'm happy. Awesome. Well, thank you very much, everybody. Hope you've enjoyed. Um, we're glad to be back after our Christmas break. Hope you are too. Indeed. Stay safe, everybody. Happy New Year and all that. And um, yeah. yeah, we'll be back on the next one. Thank you for listening to The Mojo Show. To get more from David and Kyle on health, fitness and mindset, head on over to our free Facebook community, The Mojo Hub. It's a place to ask questions, share your wins and get community support from other awesome, like-minded people who want to look, feel and perform at their best without having to constantly bust their balls. Just search The Mojo Hub on Facebook. See you next time.